Ezekiel 12 and verse number 21. It says, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, what is that proverb that we have in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision fell it? Tell them, therefore, thus said the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say unto them, The days are at hand, and the effect, or a better word, fulfillment of every vision. For there shall be no more any vain, empty, fruitless, or false vision, nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall do what? Come to pass, or that word shall be performed. It shall be no more prolonged or delayed. For in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and will perform it, said the Lord God. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, The vision that he seeth is for many days to come, and he prophesied of the times that are far off. Therefore I say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, there shall none of my words be prolonged, delayed, or put off anymore, but the word which I have spoken shall be done. Or that word shall be performed, said who? Said the Lord God. So this is our second lesson, lesson number two. And we're teaching from the subject of the fear of unfulfilled vision. The fear of unfulfilled vision. Like the children of Israel here, there are too many Christians in the body of Christ that are in this same place where they believe that their visions will not be fulfilled, their dreams will not become a reality, or they're in a position where they believe that the thing, the desire that God has placed in their hearts, or that even God's Word will not come to pass and be made manifest in their lives. We found out in lesson number one that God is most definitely a faithful God, and because he is a faithful God, he keeps covenant, that he keeps his word. So whatever God said, God's going to do it. Whatever God spoke, he's going to bring it to pass, or he's going to make good on it. So because of that, and because of some other scriptures we looked at to support the faithfulness of God, you and I, we could be assured that every vision, every dream, Every harsh desire and even God's word shall be made manifest in our lives. But of course, we understand that we do have a part to play. So just go ahead and release your faith and say this with me. Say, my visions, my, vision, my, dreams, my dreams, my harsh desires, my harsh desires even, God's word, even God's word shall come to pass, come to pass in my life. life. Say it again, my visions, my, vision, my, dreams, my dreams, my harsh desires, and God's word shall come to pass, shall be made manifest in my life. So now we said that the objective of this, this teaching is to equip you and I in faith and wisdom and get us focused in on the fulfilling of our visions and the manifestation of our dreams, of our, of our, of our dreams and visions that are in our hearts. Now, vision is so powerful. The scripture says, where there is no vision, people perish. 
And, and, and I like one of the synonymous terms I like of this word, perish, is roam. That where there is no vision, people, people roam. They just kind of roam around. And we remember that, sh that, that term, that, you, that word roam being used from, from our foreparents and forefathers. They would use that term when you just, just roam in the streets. You roam in the street with really no aim, no particular destiny in mind. You're just kind of roaming. So when you have no vision, whether it's, it's vision for your life, whether it's vision for your marriage, whether it's vision for your business, vision for your career, vision for schooling, when you have no vision, then you're going to just roam. You're just going to kind of move around with no specific destiny in mind. And so we want to make sure that we have vision for our lives so that we just don't live this life in a lesser existence other than what God has placed in our hearts to do. Amen. So vision then, because it's so powerful, what it does is it influences how I conduct my life. It influences how I use my time. It influences how I handle my money. It influences how I set my priorities. And it also influences who I associate with. Likewise, the lack of vision does the same thing. Lack of vision influences how you use your time. Lack of vision influences how you handle your money. It influences who you associate with. It influences how you set priorities. So vision is a powerful thing. Without vision, the Bible says, you perish. Now, God is with me. Say, God is with me. God Say it again. God is with me. And because God is with you, as the Scripture says, you shall do all that's in your heart. Because God is with you. I didn't say because you had the right education. I didn't say because you had a million dollars in your bank account. I didn't say because, you know, you have all the right connections. I said because God is with you. That you shall do everything that he has placed in your hearts to do. In lesson one, I begin to share with you the obstacles for unfulfilled vision. The obstacles of unfulfilled vision and said that these are important to overcome because if you don't overcome the obstacles that causes you not to fulfill vision, then what's going to happen is you're going to live what I call this lesser existence. And when you live a life of lesser existence, what do you mean a life of lesser existence? A life of lesser existence is you do what others put in your hands to do or you do what others talk into your head about doing versus doing what God's put in your heart to do. And the only thing that's going to bring you satisfaction and fulfillment in life is doing what God has placed in your heart to do. Because you can do what somebody put in your hands to do only for a while, and it may bring you a temporary uh, you know, gratification or temporary satisfaction, but there's always going to be this unsettling because this thing in your heart continues to rise. It continues to come forth, wanting to get out and become a reality and a manifestation in your life. So it's important to do what God has placed in your heart to do. And all of us in here, there is something, if not some things, that God has placed in our hearts to do. And it's, it's, not it's not enough Christians who fulfill what's in their hearts. Amen? 
You cannot go wrong in life if you follow your heart. Amen? That's why the Bible said let peace rule in your heart because wherever peace leads you, peace is going to settle you. That's a good statement. Wherever peace leads you, peace is going to settle you. And a lot of us, we are in places where we're not settled because peace didn't lead us there. Our emotions led us there. Somebody talked us into being led there. We thought it was a better opportunity and we end up being led there. But it's only when peace leads you can peace settle you. And that's why Bible said, the Bible says that peace has to serve as the umpire of your life. Whatever peace says, that's what I go with. I don't go with the one who necessarily has the most money. I may end up with somebody who has less money, but my heart's there. I may, I, you may even take, take a job that pays less, but at least your heart is over here where you are. Come on now. So it's important to follow our hearts in life. And when we don't do that, here's what happens. Your heart becomes the graveyard of your dreams and your visions. Those dreams and those visions, they just die in your heart because you're only doing something somebody talked you into doing or you're only doing something that somebody made accessible to your hands, but it was never in your heart. Amen? Whatever you don't do that's not in your heart, whatever you do that's not in your heart, you'll be doing it for a little while. It's going to be temporary. Amen? So you got to learn to follow your heart. So let's look at these obstacles. <clears throat> let's look at these obstacles uh, of unfulfilled vision. Our last time together in lesson number one, I gave you four obstacles. It's really five because one of the obstacles that I, that I gave to you, I gave it to you together. They really can be taken apart and studied separately. So it's going to be five. Let me just go ahead and give you the obstacles. Number one is <clears throat> becoming restricted by fear rather than releasing your faith for vision. Becoming restricted by fear rather than releasing your faith for vision. That is an obstacle of unfulfilled vision. Obstacle number two, and we'll go back and look at each one of them individually. Not developing your gift to help facilitate your vision. Not developing your gift to help facilitate your vision. Obstacle number three is not understanding the nature of vision. Not understanding the nature. When we talk about nature, we're talking about the true essence of vision. Number four, here's a good one. Not recognizing the cost of vision. That your vision is going to cost you. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and here's, here's the awesome thing. Your vision is going to cost you. There are some things you're going to have to pay, but there has to be something about your vision that will cause others to want to buy in. What is it that make another man take his resources and finance your vision like it's his? And then finally, number five, the fifth obstacle is not knowing the principles 
of vision, the principles of vision. There are principles that govern vision, and we'll learn about, learn about those. So let's, let's look at number one. Now, we know, according to 1 John 5 and verse number 4, if we're going to overcome anything, we're going to overcome it by faith. The Bible says, Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our what? Faith, even our faith. So faith is the victory that causes us to overcome. So I understand then if I'm going to overcome these obstacles, faith is going to be relevant. Faith is going to be essential. So number one, we said becoming restricted by fear rather than releasing my faith for vision. Restricted by fear. Now fear has power. Fear has power. Now fear does the same thing faith does. Follow me carefully now. Well, what do you mean it does the same? Well, fear causes things to come to pass just like faith causes things to come to pass. But now here's the difference. Fear brings to pass what you don't want in your life. Whereas faith brings to pass what you do want in your life. So we understanding that I have to stay out of fear because now the scripture says in Job chapter 3, verse 25 and 26, the thing that I greatly feared is come unto me. And that which I was afraid of has happened to me. So whatever your greatest fear is, get rid of it because it will happen one day. See, fear is a force that works in reverse of faith. It's going to bring something to pass in your life, and you have to get rid of the fear. So you can't be restricted by your fear, the fear that an opportunity is not going to be there for me, the fear that I'm not going to have the resources that I need, the fear that this will never happen, the fear that God will not raise up anybody to help me. Those fears, you have to get rid of that fear that I will not be accepted. You know, nobody wants what I have. Nobody's ever going to use me. You have to rid yourself of those fears and you have to start releasing your faith where your vision is concerned. So you can't be restricted because fear is always going to restrict you. You never will go past your fears if you let it be dominant in your life. Amen. The fear that I'm the wrong this, or I'm, the, I'm the wrong that, or the fear that I didn't, you know, because I didn't have this, because I didn't, we have all of these excuses of why we can't do what God's called us to do and why we can't manifest what God's placed in our hearts. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So we have to get rid of the fear. Now, <clears throat> let's go to uh, Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse number 2. Say, no fear here. No fear. Say it again, no fear here. Say, fear doesn't live here. here. So you got to stay out of fear, man. Got to stay out of the fear that I'm going to lose, the fear that I'm going under, the fear that I'll never make it, the fear that I'll always be in debt, the fear I'll never get out of the apartment, the fear nobody loves me, you know, the fear that, you know, you have to rid yourself of all of those fears because those fears are going to trap you. They're going to trap you, and what a man fears will happen to him. Amen. Amen. Habakkuk chapter uh, 2 and verse number 2 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain uh, upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come to pass. It will not tarry. Look at verse 4. But his soul 
which is lifted up is not upright in him. But the just shall what? The just shall do what? The just shall do what? The just shall do what? How often do you live? 24 7? 365? Then, it, it, then faith should be a lifestyle for us. Faith is not a spare tire that we pull out when we're in trouble. Faith is a pattern. We walk by faith. To walk, that is a pattern. Putting one in front of the other, it's a pattern. We walk by faith and not by sight. So walking by faith, living by faith, faith should become a pattern for you. Faith should become a lifestyle for you. Faith is not just designed when you want something. It's how we live. We live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. He said the just, that's you and I, those who have been declared righteous, we live by faith. This is how we live. We don't live like the world. The world lives by senses. The world lives by their emotions. The world lives by what the world says. We live by the word of God. We live by faith. So if your vision is going to manifest, it has to start with your faith. Now, that's where it starts. It starts with your faith. It doesn't start with you having all the money to do what you have in your heart. It doesn't start with knowing all the right connections. It starts with you just believing and saying something. It starts with your faith. It starts with your faith because he talks about vision here. He talks about the manifestation of vision. He talks about vision will come to pass. Though it tarry, in other words, though it's delayed, wait for it, it will not tarry. He's saying if it's delayed, still wait because it won't be late. So it's going to manifest right on time. He said, but you got to keep walking by faith. So even if you thought it was going to happen last year and it didn't happen last year, don't throw away your faith. You put on patience, but you hold on to your faith because faith is what's going to cause it to manifest. Are you listening to me? So you can't, you can't go by what it looked like. Because it may look like it's not improving. It may right. look like it's not going to get any better. Right. It may look like it's, it's not going to happen. It may look like you're not going to get the job. It may look like you'll never do that thing that's in your heart, but don't go by what it looked like. You go by what you believe in your heart. Amen? Amen. So I can't become restricted by fear. I have to release my faith for this thing to happen. Amen? All right, let's look at... Let's look at Another scripture, because I really want to drive this into your heart that faith is going to be necessary if that thing's going to come to pass. Look at Romans chapter 4. This is Abraham. Abraham is the father of faith. Abraham, the Bible said, for Abraham, he believed God when he was when he was 99 years of age and Sarah was 90 and God promised them a baby, he was still believing God. Glory to God. God made him a promise at 75 and he is 25 years later still holding on to what God said. 
And you and I both know somebody was in the community saying, Abe, Abe, come on, man. You, Abe, that's 10 years ago. Abe, that's 15. Abe, Abraham, this 25 years. Man, you still believe in what God said? Yes, I'm still believing what God said because God cannot lie. If God said it, God's going to do it. If God spoke it, he's going to bring it to pass. All I got to do is keep believing God. I don't have a timetable on God. I don't care when he does it. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And when he show up, I'm going to be in position to receive what he said. I just got to keep believing God. I just put on my patience and keep believing God. Let him laugh. But when it show up, all that laughing going to stop. Y'all keep believing God, regardless of what it looked like. Gotta keep believing God. Because it may look like you're too old. It may look like you should have done that 10 years ago. But I'm telling you, it ain't too late. Because the Bible said that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, He's the start and the end of our faith. As long as I got Him, I can always start. It don't matter about age. Amen. Amen. Caleb was 80 years old, and at 80, Caleb said, give me a mountain. Don't bring me no hill. Bring me a mountain. I'm still. He said, I'm just as strong now as I was 40 years ago. Why? Because he was strong in faith. He was strong in faith. So your faith is going to be important when it comes to manifesting the vision that God has given you. Your faith. Amen. Let's look at Romans 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee, <laughs> glory to God, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who, what? Does what? He quicken it the dead, quicken it, quicken it, make alive, bring to life. God quickeneth the dead. God makes alive, bring to life, dead. So even if your dream and your vision is dead, God, he quickeneth it. God can bring it back to life. He can, he can, he can resuscitate your dream. He can bring it back to life again because you've allowed it to die and, and what, what kills it is, the Bible said that death and life is in the power of the tongue. And it's, and it's what you say about your dream and about your vision, about your heart's desire that determine whether it lives or whether it dies. It doesn't matter what anybody else, it doesn't matter what your neighbors say. It doesn't matter what your relatives say. What matters is what I say. And what I say is so. And what I say is what I have. So I speak life to my dream and speak life to my vision. You don't kill your own dream. You don't abort your own dream and your own vision. But many times we do it because of this right here. This thing right here that's, that's coming out of our mouth and we're pausing in our vision, pausing in our dreams, pausing in our heart's desire, even God's word, and it's not coming to pass because we won't give life to it. Now, the scripture said that God, he quickened the dead. I like that. He, 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 he does it 
so he quickened it. You, uh, you know what a quickening is? He, he, he does it so fast that, that who we see today, we can't believe that was the same person yesterday. Well, y'all don't understand. That, that yesterday you was depressed and the day you got joy. Why? Because he quickened it. He quickened it. He, he quickened it. That, you know, you can, you can go to bed in debt tonight and wake up in the morning and be out of debt. Why? Because he can quit. See, whatever your dream is, whatever your vision is or your heart's desire, God, he, he can quicken it and bring it back to life again. So you need to start getting ready for God to bring life to your dream and life to your vision and life to your heart's desire just because it's dead. Don't bury it. Resurrect it. He quickened it to dead, and he does it by calling the thing that be not as though it were. What are you saying about your dream? What are you saying about your vision? Because 11 years ago, my heart's desire to pastor, 11 years ago, my, my dream of being a pastor, my vision of being a pastor was dead. Just 11 years ago, we wasn't even, we wasn't even, 11 years ago, we wasn't even going to church. I'm sitting at home every Sunday. Why? Because it's dead. Don't want, don't want, don't want nothing about no pastoring, nothing about no church. I'm tired of y'all. Don't want to be fooling with no church folk. My dream is dead. It's, it, it's in the toilet and I done flushed it. It's, it's gone. It's, it's in the city now. It, it, it's, it's gone. But see, my dream was dead. And, and my wife, she was, you know, Charles, you need to come go to church. She had started, we both stopped going to church. And then she started going to some church, visiting some church. She's like, Charles, you need to come to this church. I'm like, yeah, you know, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And, and I finally decided this Sunday I'm going to this church. It was a church in Sugarland. They was having church at Elkins. In Clements High School. And I show up at this church. And the pastor, he's preaching and prophesying. Don't know me from nobody. First time I've ever seen that man before in my life. And he says to me, you're running from God. God got a call on your life. And you need to leave this place and run and run and run to what God has for you. That resurrected my dream. And here I am 10 years later. God can resurrect your dream. He can resurrect your dream. Doesn't matter how long it's been dead. And many of us, we have things in our heart, things we wanted to do, things we wanted to be, places we wanted to go, things we wanted to do in life. You know, it's been your heart's desire. Oh, I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to do. And we were like that when we were coming up. We let somebody kill our dream if we didn't kill it ourselves. You don't need to do that. You don't need to be there. That ain't what you need. And all you were doing, see, you didn't know, you didn't know you were speaking what was in your heart. And somebody came along and, and killed that. You don't need to be there. That don't pay enough money. That ain't gonna, you ain't going to make no money doing that. And so they gave us something else and put it in our head. And that's what we start doing. And we did that for 15 and 20 years. And then we decided, I'm just not happy. Because you never done what was in your heart to do. Are you listening to me? He brings it back to life. 
by calling the thing that be not as though it were. Another translation said, you got to talk about the thing that doesn't exist as though it already exists. That's how you got to talk about your dream. You got to talk about your dream like it already didn't happen, like it already. You got to talk about the land you don't have like you already have it. You got to talk about the house you want to move in like you already moved into it. Now, see, that's faith. That's how we walk. We walk by faith. Well, that don't make no sense. I didn't come to you to talk about sense. I'm talking about faith, baby. I ain't talking about no sense. Your sense got you in the shape you in today. And the only thing going to get you out is faith. If there's a way out, faith is the way out. Amen? So you got to speak life. You got to speak life to that marriage. You got to say what the word says about your husband, even when he ain't acting what, like the word said. Even when she ain't acting like the word said. Even when your children not acting like the word said. Even when your boss not acting like the word said. Even when your employer's not acting like the word said. So it doesn't matter what's going on. You got to hold to your faith. Now let's look at the rest of this. Goodness. Watch this. He quickeneth the dead and calleth the things that be not. What? As though they were. Who, against hope, believed in hope. That he might become. Hold on. Verse 17 said, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Verse 18 said, Who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. But, but Scripture says 17, he made him the father of many nations. But, but verse 18 says, against hope, he believed in hope that he might become what God made him. That in other words, with God, it's already done. God already made you that. God's gone on. Now you just got to keep believing that you'll become what God made you. God already made you He's already made you that. You just got to use your faith that you will become what God made you. And that's why I tell you, God already made you with something in mind, and he's never going to change that. You just got to release your faith to believe that I'll become what God made me. Are you listening to me? Who against hope, believed in hope. It means this. He had no reason in the natural to believe, but he believed. Against hope, nothing in the natural to believe, but he believed. Against hope, he believed. Against hope, he believed. Against the odds, against hope, he believed. No reason in the natural to believe, he believed. See, anybody can believe as long as they can see. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can believe that because I can see. No, 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 I'm talking about when you can't see. Can you still believe? Because that's what faith is. Faith is trusting God even when you can't trace where God is. But I trust him anyway. Believe him to meet my needs when I can't see how he's going to meet my need. That's what faith is. And the Bible says against hope. He believed in hope that he might become 
the father of many nations, which God had already made him. See, how do you, and you know, and how do you know, how do you know you really believe? Because it didn't say, oh, yes, amen, praise God. I believe God. Oh, folks say that, man, everybody in there, you know, oh, I believe God now. One thing about me, I believe God. Well, let's see now. Go to, go to First Peter, Second Peter. You don't mind if we read the Bible, do you? Because you say you believe. Let's see. 2 Peter chapter 1, let's see, let's see how, how you know that a man still believes. Because anybody can say that. Now, you know Abraham believed. The Bible says Abraham was giving glory to God. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was praising God. He wasn't weak in faith, but he was strong in faith. He was giving glory to God. That's how we know he believed. So he hadn't seen anything manifest in 20-some years, but the boy was still believing God. I'm sure he showed up. They said, there go that believer. There go, you know, there go, there go Abraham. A ask him what he believing for. Watch what he tell you. You know they was messing with the boy? You know they do you like that when you believing for something and your, and your belief done got out? And folk like to challenge you on what, the, on what you believe? Keep speaking it, man. You don't shut up because they, they're around. You keep saying, yeah, that's what I believe. Go tell somebody else what I believe. Because they got enough nerve, you know, to cast all that doubt and that unbelief and talk about what they believe. And, but then when it comes to what you believe, you don't want to say nothing. Well, you know, I just didn't want to say nothing. Well, they said what they believe is your time. Look at verse number, verse number six. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. If need be, you are in heaven and through manifold temptation that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish it, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, whom, what, having not seen, whom, what, having not seen, ye love, in whom, though ye, what, see him not, what, Yet believing, though now you what? See him not. Yet what? Believing. Say, see him not. See him not. Yet, believing. yet believing. Say, I don't see him. I don't see him. Yet, believing. yet believing. I don't see my money coming in. Yet believing. Yet believing. I don't see my body being healed. But yet believing. Now, how do you know that a man believed? Look what he said. Ye receive, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You know man believe when he keeps rejoicing. Yeah. The moment he stops rejoicing, that's a dead cat on the line. He ain't believing like he say he believing. Because you ain't believing and you say it. The reason you say it is because you don't believe. You're supposed to be rejoicing with joy and full of glory. Why? Because I believe. I'm going through this situation, but this situation is just temporary. It's just a matter of time before this thing turns. This thing going to turn in my favor. Oh, yeah, it's like this for a minute, but it ain't going to be like this long. I'm planning my victory party. Yes. Yes. Are you listening to me? Yes. So he says, though you see him not yet believing. Let's go to number two, because I want to I cover some things. But number two, not developing your gift to help facilitate your vision. What are you doing to develop your gift to help facilitate your vision? 
Are you waiting on everybody else to do the work for you? Whatever your vision, whatever your dream is, whatever your heart's desire is, are you working on your gift? Are you developing your gift? See, if you have a dream, but you fail to, de to develop, you'll never see your desire. You know, your, 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 your dream is to be in the NFL, but you won't develop. You won't work on your game. <laughs> See, so, so what, what are you doing? You want to own your own business, but you ain't overcome lazy yet. Because you think, you think owning your own business means vacation. That is, that is not what owning your own, owning your own business means you most definitely got to work down. Now you got to make a check. There's a lot of responsibility come with that. Only you just want to be president and CEO or something. And you ain't learned to manage you. Amen. You know, I'm believing God. I want me a submissive woman. And you, all right. You ain't ready. See, what you bring to the table? You just, you just want a glorified slave. Somebody just cook and, and, and run your errand and lay on their back when you want them to. But you don't bring nothing to the, you want somebody to take care of you. Amen. But the Bible said you're supposed to submit to me. Yeah, and the Bible said you're supposed to love me and die for me. And treat me like Christ treat the church. And work and take care of me. He need, he need to go on, on with all that. He, he need to go on, on. I knew I shouldn't have came to this church. Let me give you these essentials surrounding your dream. <laughs> yeah, you like that. That dude should have went on and grabbed him and took him out. Number one, number one, number one. Your dream must be believed, pursued, and protected. Your dream must be believed. You have to believe it. It must be pursued. You have to go after it. And it must be protected. You got to protect your dream. Number two, I got to hurry. Your dream is anything you want to become, you want to do, or you want to have. See, nobody can give you a dream. Martin Luther King, Dr. King said, I have a dream. He didn't say somebody gave me a dream. He said, I have one. You need to have your own dream. Number three, or let us see, your personal limitation have nothing at all to do with your dream. 
your personal limitations. We have all of these excuses, all of these limitations, all of these reasons for why we can't fulfill what's in our heart. Your personal limitations. Moses tried that. When God told Moses, he said, Moses, look, I want you to go down to Pharaoh. I want you to tell Pharaoh. I said, let my people go. He came back with these excuses. Lord, you know, I can't do that. I can't, I, I can't talk. Okay, shut up. You ain't got to say nothing. I'm going to get your brother Aaron. I'm going to get him to go. Let him do all the talking, but you still going. And we got all these excuses of why we can't do what God placed in our hearts to do. Personal limitation. Your dream has nothing to do with your color. Your dream has nothing to do with your money. Your dream has nothing to do with what side of the track or if you was born on the track. That has nothing to do with the dream that God placed on the inside of you. And God wouldn't give you a dream and not equip you to make that dream come to pass. God's already equipped you. He's already looked at all your deficiencies. He knows about your shortfalls. He knows about your shortcomings. But he still gave you that dream so you can manifest it in the earth and be a blessing to other people. Letter D. Your dream may birth changes in your relationships. My goodness. Your dream may birth changes in your relationships. Letter E. Your dream is something birthed in you and not something borrowed from somebody else. Because mm -hmm. you, you only have grace to do what's on the inside of you. So your dream is something that's birthed on the inside of you and not something you borrowed from somebody else. Letter F. Your dream will determine who will be attracted to you. Examine the people who, who you're attracted to and who, who, attra who keeps coming to you. Because your dream determines who's going to be attracted, who's going to be drawn to you. Your dream determines that. Letter G. Past failures may attempt to distort the dream that's developing in you. Past failures. You failed yesterday. That was yesterday. That's not today. Your failures have nothing to do with your future. The only thing you can take to, to the future from your failures is the lessons you learn from them. Letter H. I like this. The passion of your dream must increase without the encouragement of others. Mm -mm -mm. I don't need nobody to stir me up about my dream. I'm excited about my dream if ain't nobody else excited about my dream. And you need to get excited about your dream if ain't nobody else excited about it. It's your dream. You should be excited about it. You should stir yourself up. You don't need anybody to encourage you for your dream. Let her out. Your dream, mm, mm, mm. your dream will expose adversarial relationships in your life. You find out who your enemies is quick when you talk about doing better. Amen. Everybody been running with you and you decide, you know, man, I'm going you know, I'm I'm to do better. I'm going to get my life together. You know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, you know I've been looking at, looking at another house. I want to get my family out of here. Oh. Oh. Oh, it like that. What you saying, player? <laughs> I'm saying I want better. 
I want better for my family. That, that I, I got this house I saw and this thing that got on the inside of me. I sleep it. I eat it. That's all I think about, this, this, this house. I find myself riding by looking at, I, I, want, I want that house. And somebody try to take, talk, you, talk you out of that because you just want better. It's not that you think you better. You just want better. Why I got to be wrong for wanting better? Why I got to be wrong for wanting a better education for my children? Why you got to be wrong because you choose not to party with everybody else, but you choose to get your work? Adversarial relationships. Letter J, you must nurture and protect the relationships connected to your dream. Now, that's important. That's important because we always hear about getting rid of relationships that can be toxic to your, your dream and your vision. But there's some relationships that you need for your dream and for your vision. And you got to know the difference. You can't run everybody out of your life. You got to abandon that oath. I don't need none of y'all. Uh-uh, you, you can't. You got, listen, folks, that's some folk you need. You know, all, 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 all y'all can go. No, you, that's some, somebody need to stay. No, that, that's some people that God raised up to be connected to what you're doing. And they are critical for your next move. Some of them got the cold to the dough that you got to go through. Some of them, it's their favor you need. There's always somebody else in your life that you're going to need. And you got to know the difference. Some folk you got to get rid of. Some folk you got to hold on to. And you got to protect, you got to nurture those relationships, and you got to protect those relationships. And the enemy will try to sever those relationships. But you got to guard those relationships. Amen. Amen. Letter K, then I have one more. Letter K, every relationship is moving you towards your dream or away from your dream. Every relationship, keep this in mind, every relationship is taking you somewhere. And you need to examine, if I was this close to my dream last year, and then this year since I hooked up with you, now I'm way back here. then you got to be cut. Yeah, but we've been bars a long time. Boy got to be cut. Because I'm regressing. Instead of progressing. Amen. It's some family you got to cut. Not because you don't like them, not because you don't love them. But they just, they dragging you down. You can't ever finance your stuff. Some of you can't even get what you need because you're too busy helping them get what they want. My God shall supply all my need and he'll do the same thing for you. You teach them, you got to call that thing that be not 
as though it were. You got to say, and my God shall supply. Don't call me. I'm telling you what to say. When it, when it, when it, when it looked like you're going to be short this month, you need to say, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, if you don't believe that, just say this. Unk said, my God. See, there's a reason the bank won't help you. Mm-hmm. All right, I go on. I go on. You don't, you don't like that. I, I go on. 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 Lastly, I like this. Last one. Your dream will require seasons of preparation. Your dream will require seasons of preparation. There are seasons you will go through that are for nothing else other than getting ready, getting prepared. There's nobody in here. It doesn't matter if you're going to the ball. It doesn't matter if you're going to the opera. It doesn't matter if you're going to the swimming pool. There's always a period where you have to get ready. Everywhere you're going, if you're going anywhere, you have to get ready. Amen. If you're going to run to the corner store, you got to get ready. Amen. Wherever you're going, you have to get ready. Now, what are you doing to get ready for where you're going? And you know how it is when, 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 you, when, when you're going somewhere and somebody calls while you're getting ready? And you, you tell them, you say, look, I, I don't have a lot of time. Uh, you know, can I call you later? Because right now, I'm getting ready. Yeah. And that's how it is. And like, when you're working on certain things, yeah. that's some folk. You just, look, look, I can't, I, can't, I can't get with you right now. Because I'm, I'm getting ready. Oh, where you going? Well, you know, I'm going somewhere. Because that's what they want to know. Where you, where you going? Well, remember I was telling you about that thing I was believing God for? I'm preparing my heart for that. I'm getting, I'm getting ready for that. And what are you doing to get ready to own a business? What are you doing to get ready to be an attorney? What are you doing to get ready to be a wife? To get ready to be a husband? What are you doing? What, what are you doing in your seasons of preparation to get ready to take that thing to the next level? Or you just want an auction to fall on you. God can't anoint what you don't give him. God can't anoint what you won't give him. You got to give him something to work with. Are you listening to me? If you're going to see your dream and your vision come to pass. Heads about.